Hello, everyone. My guest today is Vasil Azarov. He's a growth marketing and startup event entrepreneur. He's produced over 500 in-person and virtual events, as well as built a network of 100,000 top tech entrepreneurs and marketers. He's the founder of Growth Marketing Conference, one of the leading growth marketing events in the industry. Vasil, you ready to take us to the top? Yes, I'm ready. Let's All right. do it. So, so after I just go right to the chase, conferences are very difficult. You and I both have a lot of friends that run conferences. Some of them make a lot of money. Some of them are burning money like you wouldn't believe. Uh, give me a general sense of how long growth marketing conferences have been around and why get into a space where there's a lot of unprofitable conferences in the first place. Sure. So growth marketing conference has been around for four years. We actually started as a startup marketing conference and as a community of entrepreneurs and founders. And uh, eventually, when we changed the main name, name to Growth Marketing Conference, that when, then when we start seeing success, uh, attracting larger companies, um, product growth marketing managers from companies like Adobe, Google, and then um, this is the first year when the conference actually became profitable. I personally wouldn't recommend anyone to start <laughs> a conference <laughs> of the bat unless you're really passionate about it and you're really thinking about it long term. For me, it's some, uh, bringing people together, connecting people and uh, running events and something that I would do without getting paid. That's why I'm still in business. So this year, meaning the, the event coming up here on December 10th and 11th in San Francisco, that will be your first profitable growth marketing conference since 2015. Oh, no. So we've always been profitable. Okay. Um, so, yeah, in 2015, it was our first uh, profitable event. Startup Marketing Conference was the one that was um, not very profitable, but this year is the first time when we um, will collect uh, more or less sizable profit. Yeah. Previously, we were uh, investing every profit, every dollar that we made into the future the development of the event. I see. Okay, so 2015 through 2018, basically I'll break even all those years. Pretty much. Okay. And then give me some other texts. You know, people are always thinking, should, you know, they're running a SaaS company. They have a large list of users. They're going, should I launch a user conference like HubSpot Inbound? And then they go, well, what should I, how should I price it? How do I do logistics? All that. Give me your breakdown in terms of attendees and then we'll go to, into some other metrics. So do you remember in 2015 how many folks you had? Uh, I had a, we had about 400 people. Okay. I mean, that's impressive for a first year event. How'd you get 400 people to show up? Well, um, so our first one was actually a startup marketing conference back in 2014. We had about 300 people. So um, and originally uh, you met some of a uh, few of my partners. We started the community startup socials where we organized uh, startup mixers for founders here in Silicon Valley. That's how we build the network. That's how we got to know a lot of people. But I think it's about the right positioning growth hacking and growth marketing overall started to become trendy. And at the same time, uh, knowing a lot of speakers in the space, I've been doing events for the last 12 years, helped me to bring uh, some very talented uh, speakers and uh, drive the attendance. So what did back in 2014, that first event, do you remember what your total expenses were all in? Oh, it's been a long time ago, but I would say I think it was about uh, 150k or something like that. And what was what was the most expensive part of that? Was it food at the thing, or the hotel block, or the venue? Uh, it was, it's always food and uh, venue rental. So one of the things that you always should try to negotiate if you work with the hotel to make sure you pay zero for your um, room rental and cover everything for maybe uh, slightly higher uh, food and beverage minimum. That is 
very simple advice for a new organizer. So wait, so what does that mean? So let's let's use the 150 grand in 2014. You're saying with a hotel, sometimes they'll want you to prepay for like 50 rooms and you're saying don't do that. Instead offer to pay a little bit more on the guaranteed food income for the hotel. Don't ever prepay for the rooms. Uh, they sometimes they would want to charge you for the space, just the rental space. So they would say this room would cost $10,000 to rent, plus you have to spend $50,000 um, on food and drinks. You tell them in, instead, first of all, you negotiate every single thing, but then tell them that um, I would rather spend, if they would be really uh, strict on you know rental and food and beverage, I would rather spend 60000 on food and beverage and uh, give me the space for free, and they usually would do that. Oh, interesting. Okay, very interesting. And why do they do that? Economically, why does that work for them? Well, that's how they make most of their money overall. Um, so they would rather because they charge ridiculous prices on um, food and drinks. For example, a meal for attendee uh, at the Fairmont Hotel, they would probably charge you something like $150 for a plate, right? So they make crazy margins on it. So for them, sometimes it, it makes sense to, to do it that way. Interesting. Okay, so going back to 2014, 150 grand all in expenses, mainly food and venue, uh, 300 attendees. What did you charge ticket price-wise back then? I think we started at about $200, $300 and um, all the way up to $600, something along those lines. Got it. Okay. So you had about 300 brands paying again, or sorry, 300 startups paying 300 bucks. It's like 90 grand there. Some paying 600. So you get to about break even. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. So one of the things when you start an event, you would have to give away a lot of tickets for free. So okay. that's just the nature of it. Um, and uh, but you need to make sure you do it strategically. So even for our conference uh, currently this year, so uh, what we do, we allocate certain amount of tickets to uh, for some people that we want to see at the event, that we want to see at the event, that our partners want to see at the event, and they might not be necessarily people who would be buying tickets. So it's always a split between the tickets that you sell for full price, discounted price, early bird price, and you just give away to strategic people who you want to have at the event. I see. So when you, so how many would you allocate for like this year at the Fairmont? Are we talking like 50 or 500 tickets? Uh, for what? For the people that are strategics that wouldn't, they wouldn't pay. So you, you invite them and you give, you comp their ticket. We, we allocated around uh, 400 of okay. this. And we also give away some community passes. Yep. Uh, this, these are the passes that, don't allow the full access to the event, but just opportunity to get access to networking portion, closing keynote and um, closing reception. And how many total folks do you think you'll have on December 10th and 11th in San Francisco? Uh, we're projecting about uh, 1,700 throughout Holy two days Mac. of the That's incredible. I have to go update my, since I'm speaking, I said, yeah, I'll share this with my audience. I said, there'll be a thousand people. I got to go update that. And so there's gonna be 1,700 people. That's amazing. Thank you. Okay, so let's go back to let's go back to 2014 here, real quick. So ticket price is 300 to 600 bucks. Um, what about sponsor revenue? Do you remember sponsor revenue in that first year? Yeah, we were horrible at <laughs> trying to attract sponsors, um, and this is the first year when we um, the breakdown between ticket sales and sponsorships are 50 50. Oh, wow. So back then, I think at our first event, we maybe have two or three sponsors, and paying, uh, how much? paying like anywhere from five to 20,000, I so think like 15 to 60, like something like 20 grand in sponsor revenue. 
Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, interesting. So let's then fast forward to 2015. So you had 400 people at that event. Total expenses still about 150 grand. You think? Uh, so. I, th- I thought we were talking about 2015. We were talking about 2014. Oh, that's okay. So sorry, the numbers you just gave me for, were for 2015. Yes. Okay. So 150 grand in expenses, 300 to 600 dollar ticket prices, sponsor revenue of 20 grand in 2015 with 400 people. Yeah. Okay. When did you re? You, when did the rebrand to GMC uh, Growth Marketing Conference happen? Was that 2015? Uh, no, the rebrand, the main rebrand, just happened this year. Oh wow. 2019. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So let's go back to then 2016. So year two of the event, you're still operating a break even. What did you grow attendees to? Uh, I think we're, so I don't want to give you completely incorrect numbers. Oh, right. I know this <laughs> I, is, I, I, I think it was, we were at about six to 700. Okay. So every single year, pretty much. Um, and we've been consistently growing, uh, around 25%, um, revenue and attendees um, year after year. I think this is the first year when we made slightly larger leap uh, and became hopefully more profitable because it's still one month and a half until the event. And this is something. So I'm actually having a team meeting right now to make sure that everybody's excited to take us to the finish line. (laughs) How many people are on your team? uh, We have... uh, 12 people right now, but only four of them full-time. Okay. So how do you, I mean, that's something else, right? So you have four full-time people. What are their, what are their job titles? So Ala is our head of operations. She's pretty much a Swiss army knife. She does everything. She's amazing. She works on partnerships. Yeah, I know you work with her. So then we have uh, Stephanie who is, uh, works with us part-time. Well, she's not full-time, but she's an integral part of the team because she's been with us from the very beginning. She just focuses on one conference, uh, speaker onboarding, uh, sponsor onboarding. We have a full-time marketing manager who's really heavy on automation data. Okay. Um, is that like also- that marketing manager, do they come, are they a developer that do, do things like they're able to scrape very effectively or are they more like a marketing person that knows PPC? So our marketing manager is very strong on email and uh, automation and creating workflows. She's very detailed oriented and technical, so she can work with any developer. Um, And she also works with agencies that manage our PPC campaigns um, and Facebook campaigns. So she understands she's a generalist when it comes to growth marketing, but she's a specialist when it comes to email and marketing automation. Okay. And so for this, this 2019 event, about how much will you spend on direct paid ads through whatever channel? So I think PPC would be around 20 K this year and Facebook ads will be maybe 15. Okay. I mean, is that a huge jump from last year? Is that kind of what you expected it to be at? Um, actually I feel like we started spending it a little bit late in the game this time. So it will be slightly higher. Then what we spent last year, we should have spent more. It works, we, though. We finally figure out the way to make it uh, to track our... I mean, it's still... Attribution is really hard when it comes to events because it's always multi-touch. But uh, at least we know just by tracking every single ticket uh, sale almost manually, we know that uh, it's it's profitable. Yeah, that's and we good. Should, yeah. Well, with 700, 1,700 people you're expecting, you said you allocate 400 to strategics and a, maybe another 100 to community folks. I mean, you're expecting over 1,000 paid kind of paid tickets to come in, correct? 
Um, around that, yeah. Right around there. Yeah, I mean, that's that's great. Now, do you have, um, besides PPC, how else do you get a lot of these signups? I, I assume a lot of them you just email to the list that came last year, but how do you get new attendees to come in? Yeah, so several things. Uh, we partner with relevant organizations and community. We're always open to partnership with anyone, even some um, uh, who might consider to be slightly competitive in the space. Come on, Vasil, names. I want names. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, well, for example, some people might think that Growth Hackers uh, Conference would be a competitor, but um, I actually, the founders are good friends of mine. Amelia. And yeah, and we will be helping them out promote their event uh, as well next year. Because one of the re- uh, things that we figure out by surveying our attendees is that uh, some of them just simply cannot attend in December where we have our main event. So they help us out and we help them out as well. That's a no. I mean, that obviously works. Okay, good. So um, so six hundred up to 600 attendees in 2016. When did the sponsor revenue really start getting closer to 50-50 with ticket revenue? Like what was the key there? I think the key is um, just being around for uh, at least four years because uh, sponsors often ask, how long have you been around? Um, making sure that they understand the quality of our audience. Some of them prefer would uh, send a few people to the event first to uh, experience uh, the conference, to meet uh, attendees. So I think also rebranding helped quite a bit. Uh, it repositioned us to the next level. So this, this is the first year when we really, uh, it's going to be around 50-50 split. And um, previously it was about, I want to say 60-40, 70-30. So we were just ramping it up year after year. Now, Vasil, I'm going to put you under a little pressure here for a second because maybe maybe congratulations are in order. Will this 2019 event be your first million-dollar event, top-line revenue, ticket sales plus sponsor revenue? Uh, yes. Dude, that's... Uh, actually, a- no. Well, last year, um, <laughs> we, we did we did hit a million, I think. Oh, okay, but okay. This year, yeah, yeah, this year it will be anywhere between one point three to 1.5, hopefully. That, that's great. And so 50% of that are about 600, 700 grand is coming from sponsors. Do you take the approach of a lot of sponsors paying a little or few sponsors paying, you know, a hundred grand? Um, it's a split because with some of the sponsors, we structure very comprehensive partnerships when we help them uh, help promote their brand to our entire community throughout the year. So I think the majority comes from our you know, sponsorship, uh, medium tier sponsorship that we sell, uh, depending on if you get it a little bit early in the year, it could be anywhere between 18 to 25, uh, grand. And Stephanie's handling all that. She's handling, actually, we do have one other team member, very important team member who's in charge of partner marketing and customer success. So she works very closely with the sponsors and Stephanie takes care of all the logistics, but she makes sure that sponsors are getting the right, talking to the right people uh, from our community and more on the marketing side. So think of her as a strategic customer success support person, and she does some sales as well. Okay, so you've got Ala, head of operations, Stephanie, speaker and sponsor relationships, a full-time marketing manager for PPC and Facebook ads, and then a partner marketing manager and customer success. Those are your four full-time employees. Uh, Sabrina, yeah. So um, Sabrina is will become a full time uh, next year. We also have uh, she's partner of, marketing and customer success. Yeah, yeah. And then we have um, 
a couple of full-time uh, data operation marketing um, outsourced uh, team members who work out of uh, Philippines. What do they do uh, in terms of data? So they make sure that our data is always clean. We email people quite a lot and uh, we have a lot of bounced emails. So our goal is to make sure that those are cleaned within less than a week. How many then, I mean, are you talking like 100,000 people are emailing or 10,000 or? Uh, our list is right now is about 110,000 from which the 30,000 very engaged segment. Those are the ones who probably been to our events in person. The rest either subscribed on the website or uh, attended our virtual events. So that's good. Now, how, yeah. what's the cycle of virtual events relative? So in 2019, you'll have this, this one in December. How many virtual events do you do this year? We did uh, one event um, ourselves and we did uh, three or four in partnerships with, uh, we partner with various partners in a similar space. For example, SCM Rush, Mobile Monkey, they do a lot of virtual events. So um, we help each other co-promote and uh, share a registration list. That's great. Yeah. So that you'll promote their virtual event, they'll promote your physical event, and that's a great way to get new attendees. Yes. Okay. Last, last. Let's let's. We know we've asked a lot of behind the scenes questions. Let me go back to like front of the scene questions. People go to growthmarketingconf.com. They see the people that are looking to speak. How do you curate the speaker list to make sure that not only these are intelligent people, but you know what I mean when I say there's a lot of very intelligent people that cannot present. They'll put an audience to sleep. Yeah. How do you make sure you get speakers that are smart and entertaining? Yeah, absolutely. So I have I have a simple formula for that. So there are three. Uh, main um, characteristic uh, for in every speaker that I look for. First of all, it needs to he or she needs to be a practitioner, right? So sometimes we would prefer to have uh, a manager and director level, but somebody who's in the trenches and who can really show actionable stuff. Then the second one, it's it, he or she needs to be an engaging speaker because some of the smartest, as as you just mentioned, <laughs> some of the smartest people on earth, unfortunately, they can cannot clearly communicate the message. Um, how, to do you, a how do you audience. test for that? How do you know if they're entertaining or not? Well, I usually ask them to send a video if they have one, or I usually jump on the quick call. Sometimes 15 minutes is enough to understand. Yeah. And then the third one also, which always help uh, drive attendance, um, they need to be from recognizable brand. Sometimes they don't have to be. It could be a um, if they're not from recognizable brand, if they meet first two criteria, I would still um, add them to the agenda. Yep. Yep. Okay. Very good. So those three things. All right. So those are speakers. Um, have you, uh, what, I mean, anything else I'm not asking about that people should be aware of when they're thinking about, uh, either event organizations or actually maybe what we should do is less, use the last 60 seconds on this. So, so growth marketing conference, you know, you obviously have like the CMO of people like Udi at Gong, right? Which is obviously a runaway success story. You also have people like Emily at voice flow. So like the voice space is very interesting and she is a practitioner there as head of growth. Um, which speaker are you like most excited about? That is not a big name. Someone that if someone, buys a ticket and they come watch this person they're going to go oh my gosh this is a gem you know it actually it's absolutely um uh, it surprised me that this startup is not very well known in us uh, but you probably heard of ui path uh right so we actually build a robot on, on uh on top of that platform robot that will be automatically cleaning our data something that our virtual team is currently doing and one of the speakers who will be co-presenting with me he's uh, runs the agency that builds robots on top of the ua path 
What? So uh, I'm super excited about that. Wait, who is that? Who's that speaker? His name is Christian. Um, it's really hard to pronounce his name, but he probably somewhere on the bottom of the agenda, but really uh, <laughs> great, great guy. What's his and, agency uh, name? Um, you don't know? That's okay. Yeah, it's it's definitely on the website. But, That's very, uh, well, you, I mean, UiPath is, some would say the fastest growing SaaS company ever in history, but a lot of people don't, a lot of people don't know about it. Yeah, and we have, uh, I think their head of growth is attending as well. So I'm very excited to meet the team. Yeah, exactly. These types of companies, these types of speakers, I'm also the most excited about. And I'm trying to always ask speakers that we hosted the event, who is somebody right now who is, you recommend that maybe working in the trenches and trying to build a personal brand. So maybe if any of your listeners know of anyone right now, we're always looking for new speakers. There you guys go. And guys, in the meantime, also, if you've been waiting to maybe want to get coffee with me one-on-one, you're in San Francisco. If you grab a ticket to the event, I will also be there speaking. And I'd love to get one-on-one coffee with you. You can go to nathanlacka.com forward slash growth to get that right now. The event is coming up December 10th and 11th. Vasil, this is a wonderful man. Thanks for taking us to the top. Thanks so much, Nathan.